welcome to the Dirty Moms Talk podcast, and we're your hosts, Brittany, mom of seven, creator of the Deliberate Day Journal, Tiffany, mom of five, author of DoraJane.com. Motherhood is overwhelming. It's always pushing you to do more and be more 24 hours a day. But here's the thing. You are the best mom for your kids. And no one on this earth is more perfectly created and qualified than you. If you are looking for honest answers to your real questions about motherhood, you've found your people. We're here to commiserate, to encourage, and empower real moms in the chaos of motherhood. And give you real solutions that get you one step closer to the motherhood you want. Here we are, episode 12, season 3. Thank you for joining us. We're just going to keep answering more questions today. So how do you get everyone's attention when you are out and about? I yell their names very loudly no matter where we are, especially teenagers. <laughs> and I try to like make kissy noises or jump up and down and wave my arms. That's, that's how I do it. Mine is very simple. We actually adopted it from The Sound of Music, so I'm sure you're already knowing what direction I'm headed in. Um, I always wanted a Bowman's whistle, you know, like the tweet-dee-dee-dee-doo. Anyway, that's a terrible example of a Bowman's whistle, but I always wanted to have like fancy whistles for every person. My husband at first was not on board. He thought it was kind of likened to calling a dog, but it's grown on him, and currently it's one of the best ways to get our kids' attention. So when we are out and about, I do give my kids a little more freedom inside of you know, Target or wherever, I'll let them go a few aisles over or something like that. I just have one rule. At the park, they can venture a little bit farther. You know, they're getting older. I'm giving them a little bit more rope. The only rule I have is that when I whistle in the house, outside of the house, anywhere, that you come right that moment. This is our whistle. And if you hear that in a store <laughs> or if you hear that out and about, you will literally see all my kids coming from different directions running to where they hear it. It is so cool because I've been out and about with her and I can't whistle. I'm <laughs> What? I no, I can't whistle. I can't do I, it. How I'm, did I not know this? I'm almost forty years old and I can't oh whistle. My my mom couldn't either. It's a we thing. We need to work on this. It, I have tried. It just <laughs> ends in a lot of spit and frustration. It's not good. It's Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, no, but I've seen this work with her kids, and I do think it's fantastic. A couple of years ago, I took my kids to visit one of our really good family friends out in Maryland. And on that trip, I kind of developed what our boundaries were. So whenever we would go somewhere, and still now, I mean, my kids are older now, but you know, if we were going somewhere where there were a lot of people, and maybe it was a little bit more dangerous to have just me and all the kids there, I would tell my kids, this is an arm's distance place. You need to to stay within mm -hmm. arm's distance of me. And then another one of our rules is I need to be able to see you. If I can see you still, mm -hmm. I don't see that well. So that actually helps. <laughs> they know kind of the bounds of when I can see people. But then also you need to, the third step is that you need to be able to hear me. If you can't hear me, then you're too far away. So and that's not like me screaming and jumping up and down. That's just me talking. 
So that's that's kind of what we've developed over the years. And I want you to talk, Brittany, about the pool. When you call roll for your kids. Oh, yes. Okay. So actually, <laughs> we, we started something earlier on kind of as a joke, but it's developed into something that is really, really convenient. We started calling our littlest one 007 because she's the seventh child. So when we get into the car, I tell them, sound off. And my kids will go 001, 002, 003, 004, 005, 006. And even the toddler, two-year-old, she, she even chimes in and she's like, 007. And then whenever we're at the pool, you know, we've got, what, 10 kids at one time? Yeah, usually my big kids don't come. So, yeah. So yeah. at any given time, you know, you're constantly trying to keep eyes on everybody. Every now and then I'll just call out, sound off, and then everybody will kind of chime through. And I'm listening to hear each one of those kids respond and looking for anybody who might be missing. Anyone who grew up in the 80s probably has been left somewhere. I did get left at <laughs> yes. a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not going to say I was upset about that, but... <laughs> Because uh, it's Dunkin' Donuts. Did Come they give on. you a donut? Actually, I blame Dustin. I think I might have worked out a donut situation for myself. I totally would have cried myself. long enough to have gotten a free donut out of that. I probably did cry, actually. I'm There's no sure. point to get left at a Dunkin' Donuts if you're not going to get a free donut out of it. I'm just saying. That's As true. a mom, I would probably buy my kid a free donut, though, if I didn't forget them. So <laughs> suppose either way you'd get a free donut. I don't know. In the 80s, I feel like 80s parents are like, why weren't you in the car? You <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's like, true. Mm -hmm. You know, why would you do that? You know, <laughs> if you didn't walk out with me, this is what happens. Yeah, this don't is let your it happen fault. Again. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. My parents weren't like that, but... Uh, but it is good to sound off in the car. I count kids regularly, actually. The other bonus of it is that when my kids start to sound off, they look for the next person who's either before or after them. And so it's kind of tag teaming with the entire group to see and know and be on top of who's with us and who isn't. That helps. The more eyes, you know, once you get outnumbered, I feel like the more helpers you have to a certain degree, Mm -hmm. Some children begin to believe that they are mothers when they are not. Mm -hmm. um, but otherwise, yes, that's that's a fantastic way to keep everyone kind of accountable and there. I think that's another inside mom tip, especially a mom of many, is that your kids are capable of helping you. And it doesn't make you a bad mom to start giving them those little responsibilities because it's what builds them into the adults eventually is by giving them little responsibilities. And there are responsibilities that they see as fun or exciting earlier on. So this is a great opportunity for you to say, hey, my eyes can't be everywhere all the time. So I'll tell one of my older kids or one of my younger kids, I want you to go put eyes on so-and-so because they're just making it a habit of keeping their eyes on each other and paying attention to where their siblings are at any given time. I think that's really good to have help for that. We should talk about the Catholic and Mormon rule about visiting <laughs> friends, probably. <laughs> Definitely. So, okay, here's the thing. When you start to have more children, like I would say three and more. Three, yeah. three plus. Yeah, I would agree. Even two plus if you have particularly active or destructive children, which I'm not going to hold against you because I have four boys, so I get it. Yeah, we're in the same boat with you. Yeah. So the rule is, really, unless you have a friend who maybe grew up with a family of eight or nine yes. kids. Yes, yeah, there's exceptions to the rule. There are exceptions, but otherwise it's pretty much not okay for you to bring your many children to a home of Lesser children, yeah. yeah. So we wouldn't bring like five kids to a home where there's one child or maybe even two children. Like that's where you're like, no, no, come visit our house this Friday. Or hey, instead, let's meet at a park. 
because there's just this, there's just kind of this unwritten rule of kids of many that you just know you can always visit somebody's house of equal or more children, but lesser children, there has to be an exception to the rule or you just meet them out, you know, park, your house, somewhere neutral. Yes. Well, and even like we've noticed at the pool, even if we meet somewhere neutral, you'll begin to realize that families at, let's say, two kids or level two crazy yeah. are not quite used to... Five, two star moms. Two star moms. Two star mom families sometimes can't handle the crazy that comes along with a five star mom family, even if all five stars are not present. Yes. Like, for example, we were at the pool this summer, and my daughter, who is very... I, I love your word spicy, Brittany. Yeah. Because... <laughs> Anna, she just, like, she takes names, you know. She doesn't mess around. And there was a little boy at the pool who was an older brother of a little girl, but he didn't have any experience being picked on or maybe roughed up or splashed. or. And Anna has eight years of experience, mm -hmm. kind of, you know, from her older brothers. And so you might find that your level of crazy is a little too crazy for some other people, even if you're out and about at a neutral location. Yeah, we call that in our house, instead of being bullied, you're being brothered or you're being sistered. So it's an important rite of passage, I feel like, in life. It, it makes you hardier. These are the kids that really go for it, okay? These are the kids that really reach for the stars, I'm just saying. <laughs> that's so true. No, that's so true. So I'll tell you a story. Yes. Actually, as a four-star mom, I visited a one-star mom with our mom's group early on. And this is kind of where I started adopting this rule. She had a massive china cabinet that was all glass front. And inside were some of the most beautiful treasures from all of her and her husband's travels before they decided to have children. That was the main thing in their living room where all of our children were playing. Oh my gosh, y'all. I have never been so at peace to leave a place before in my life. I think I was sweating the entire time we were there because I had kids who were rough and tumbling. My first was a boy. He was like throwing things. I was so embarrassed. I was like, this is, nope, can't do this again. We can never come back to this home ever. Well, and I think too that that can also be a reason why having so many kids can be a little isolating. That's why it's important to find people, though, and, and to meet them out. You know, if you've got this one-star mom who's amazing, she's delightful, you know, you get along really well, like find neutral ground to meet on so that it's not stressful for either one of you. Go to a park and find a park that has a fence around it because I am telling you, I, I don't know who the Parks and Rec people are, but we need some Leslie Nopes because... Or we need some moms on the boards. That's what we really need. We need moms to sit on the boards of these parks and rec departments and say, no, no, when you put a park in this area, it really needs to have sitting areas that have shade. And when you make this park here, it really needs a gate around the whole entire thing so that when we come in, it's just a safe spot for moms. Well, because some children are what I refer to as flight risks. Yes. And I, luckily, I don't have any flight risks. I do have one child out of five who enjoys running in parking lots in spite of all my <laughs> best effort. He's my fourth child. He's not even the youngest. And to this day, I have to make sure he doesn't run in a parking lot. The kid's 11. It's a challenge. Anyways, 
But yes, there are flight risk children. If you are a parent of one, I'm very sorry. I <laughs> I have done child care. We feel for you. We do. We, we understand for you. you. Yes. And if I ever see you running after your child in a park, just know I'm not judging you, okay? No. Even my daughter, we saw we were, okay, this is a side story, but we were out on a Saturday morning and there was a family who I think had decided to go jogging together. And my daughter was in the car with me and we were driving by. And in her eyes, what she saw was two children running away from a parent. And she was like, oh, man, if that parent ever catches up with them. (laughs) And I was like, buddy, I think they're jogging. I don't think the kids are running away. She's like, no, they're on the street. They shouldn't be running on the street. So if that is any indication, yeah, Yeah. we've dealt with flight risks. And it also leads into our next question, which is, how do you feel or what are the different steps that you use for allowing kids to venture a little bit further from you or from your house? And what are your rules about letting kids kind of go and explore? Yeah. I'm a recovering helicopter parent, actually. And it's difficult for me to really let go. I think like within a house. Tiffany even leaps out in front of me when we're getting near cars. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We walked out of the coffee place, you guys, and there was a a drive, you know, they have the drive-thru that comes around the building. And I was sure Brittany was going to walk in front of the car. So I was like, (laughs) Yeah, the car turned the complete opposite direction. (laughs) But I'm just so used to like blot, you know, I'll like stand in front of traffic for my kids. <laughs> well, oh. and we tend to be a little less helicopter, you know, just a little more free with the kids. So I do try as much as possible to give them space to roam, explore, do. The only time that I cut things off is when they break rules. I set very clear boundaries. I set very clear rules. And once they cross that line, I'm very strict about saying, okay, You've broken this rule. You know, you can't go past this point. You cannot go past um, the gutter. Once they go past the gutter, that's it. That privilege is now taken away. And I do explain it to them. You get to choose what you do. But if you choose to break this rule, it's a very important rule, then I'm going to choose as your mom to take that privilege away from you because it is a privilege that I'm giving you. I'm giving you the opportunity to show me responsibility. And I even work with even the smallest kids, you know, up two years old. I'll start working with them on boundaries and different things and with the whistling. When I whistle, they come. When they don't come, I work with them on it. So for me, I feel like giving them as much rope as possible is kind of in line with some of our priorities of growing adults. And I think that kids, it's really good for kids to explore. I don't want my kids to get hurt, but I also recognize that kids are going to get hurt. And to protect them from that forever is a pointless venture because there's so much we gain from making mistakes, getting dirty, you know, getting hurt. And that's important. It just is. It's so important to their development. Creativity and pushing bounds and climbing high, even though you're like, okay, oh my gosh, if you fall from there, you're going to break your neck. But none of my kids have ever fallen from high. And I know I know that bad things do happen. That is a lie. One I, of your kids <laughs> fell from high. Which one? Uh, Hattie at okay, the park. That wasn't that it high. Wasn't that it high. wasn't high. No. She wasn't like exploring high. Oh, no. She was literally no. just three years old and was wet. We were at a water park. So she was soaking wet. Okay. And her brother went down the fireman pole. Yes. She went down right behind him. Yep. And her soaking wet little body had had no hope, no no hold. 
So she did. She broke her leg on the same day that um, my husband shattered his ankles. That happened the same exact day? Yeah, it was (gasps) the same exact day that Brandon broke his ankle all the years before. Oh, okay. I thought it was no. Like sorry, the not the same, same day, day that it, was it happened an... to both of them. Yes, Why do no. you leave the house um, on that day? <laughs> I was actually letting Brandon sleep in as a gift to him for Father's Day, and I ended up having to call him and be like, "Hey, wake up! So I've got to take one of the kids to the hospital. Can you come get the other ones, or just maybe I could drop them off at home?" And that being said, she did get hurt. However. I didn't let that suddenly dictate how I allowed all of my children to do things. I accepted that this was something that happened, and it wasn't something we had to grow through and learn through. But this child, she's never slowed down because of it. They casted her all the way up to her little thigh, and she was moving around the house within two days. And then after that, this kid skates around my downstairs like... I don't know. She's headed for the Olympics tomorrow. She's just fearless. And I think that part of that is because I've allowed her to explore and and to get a little hurt and banged up, but to teach her how we can kind of overcome that and how we can grow through that. It's scary to get hurt. My son broke his arm and he's said he was nervous about heights again. And I said, well, let's work on that. You know, I, I understand it can be really scary when you get hurt, but Now this is an opportunity for you to learn a new skill, for you to learn perseverance, for you to learn courage, you know, and and let's just take it slow. By giving them a little bit more rope, it doesn't mean that something bad is going to happen or nothing bad will never happen. But everything that we're handed, we have the choice of where we need to go with it and what direction we can take it in. And I really feel like it's been a blessing that we've had these opportunities to go in different directions. Which is so, no, but it's good because I, if you read any child development books, if you, any of that stuff, Julie Bogart says it, um, the woman who wrote, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing and yes, that book, she I like wrote that it. Book. It, and, and probably. We'll link those in the show notes. Yes. The if, authors and everything. Yeah. Well, if you grow up in a Scandinavian country, like. Um, Norway or Sweden or... Or have you seen the playgrounds in Germany? They are nothing like the playgrounds we have in America. Nothing like them. Yeah, it's... They're phenomenal. Yeah, well, because you're allowing children to get into trouble, but also be able to learn how to get out of trouble themselves. So if you're a mom who is a helicopter parent, like I am trying not to be, even with a 17-year-old, you would think after 17 years I would be getting better at this, but... Maybe it would be a good idea to little by little maybe push the boundaries and give clear boundaries like Brittany said, but allow your kids a little bit more freedom because we are all trying to raise adults who are going to get big and leave us eventually. absolutely. And just to clarify too, because I give my kids more freedom to adventure and explore doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of the same fears you have. It's just that I've weighed them out and I've said, okay, my priority here outweighs my fear. And so that's just kind of how I've tried to look at it. And we can't, we don't want to do stuff in fear, right? Never. We don't want to parent in fear. We don't want to consider having kids in fear. We don't want to, any of those things. Let's not let fear be our ruling factor. Let's pick something else, something better. Mm, Yes, definitely. Community is vital in motherhood, so come connect with us on Instagram. You can find our handles in the show notes and go visit DeliberateDayJournal.com to find some free resources to start changing your motherhood today. Before you go, though, hit subscribe and give us a rating. 
Ratings will help us build a community where mothers feel seen, encouraged, and empowered. And here's the thing, we can share our wisdom, we can share our ideas, but we're not experts, and we have a lot to learn still, too. We would love to hear your thoughts and hear any ideas that you might have to add. 